Hello and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with our nostalgic faves. We're also mm. giving an update on the Jenny's Dolly Ice Cream uh, flavor reveal, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And we're watching John Tucker Must Die 15 years later. All right, follow us on Twitter, you guys. We're at Tea Time underscore 33. And then on Instagram, we're at Tea Time Pod. Okay, before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus. View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Tea Time is checking in with our nostalgic faves. This week, a lot of news came out that was like very aughts and of the time of like our millennial women era. Um, So we're going to go through a couple big things. Kate, go ahead. The theme of today's podcast is we're all old Uh, and (laughs) we're feeling it this week because uh, people like Taylor Swift uh, are releasing content that just brings us back to like our our childhood, our teen days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Taylor Swift, as we all know, is releasing uh, her Fearless album, her version. You know, you're all caught up on the Scooter Braun drama. She's re-recording all her masters um, and she's, excuse me, re-releasing Fearless uh, in April. But she released a new song that she wrote during her Fearless era, during her teenage years today. Uh, It's called You All Over Me. I'm going to keep this brief because we do have a Taylor Swift podcast on the Ringer Dish Network. They're doing a whole pod on on this song. So you can listen to that after you finish tea time today. Um, but the song is called you all over me. It features Maren Morris on background vocals. Uh, and it's a song that she wrote when she was a teenager. Supposedly people think it's about Joe Jonas because that's who she was dating at the time that she wrote it. Um, and it's very sweet. It's very nice. My, my, I have a couple quibbles. First of all, I just want to give her credit for releasing something that she wrote as a teenager, because like thinking back to the things that I thought were good when I was a teenager, like my, even just like, you know, you reread a school essay that your mom kept or like I was on the high school paper, like rereading any of my old articles, like do not want it, would <laughs> never release it to the public ever. Don't even want to read it myself. So first of all, the fact that she's like, yes, this is still good. And I wrote this when I was a teenager. Props for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my main quibble is that if you're going to use Marin Morris, like give her a verse. You know, I I'm like, it's kind of like how she put Haim <laughs> on uh, Nobody, No Crime. 
and they just kind of were in the background. I'm like, you you duet with all these men. The men always get a verse. Can you give the women a verse, please? They're always in the background. Not always, but a lot of the time. Um, Especially Maren Morris. Her voice is so good for that era. It's so good. She's so popular. They're friends. I'm just like, give her a couple lines. Um, But, you know, it's fine. She's in the background. I'm sure she was happy to be invited. Uh, Happy to be here. (laughs) Happy to be here. Uh, And then I also thought it was really funny. They were posting pictures of um, when Maren joined Taylor on like her tours, like to do a couple songs with her. And Maren Morris is extremely short. And you forget that Taylor Swift is extremely tall until you see her next to Maren Morris. And I had like such flashbacks to like me being around like my short friends. (laughs) Maren Morris just looks like a toddler and Taylor looks like a giant and it's like wow you too you forget um, oh god me but too but all of their pictures have been so funny together I'm like oh um, but yeah it's sweet it's cute listen to it get excited for Fear- Fearless is just such a great album it really is. brought me back to like my middle school days of listening to it yeah um, so yeah all right, next one. Also, reaching back, this is pre-middle school for me. I actually can't even remember. It just feels like an entire era of my youth, um, which is Lizzie McGuire. And randomly, this is like, I don't know where this came from, like out of nowhere. ColourPop, which is a makeup company, has collabed with the entity of Lizzie McGuire to make like a a collection. And I was looking into this, you know, the reboot kind of got shelved indefinitely. So like, not about that. I have not seen Hillary Duff post yet, but like, I can't tell what the relation is or like how ColourPop got this approved and like greenlit. But anyway, uh, makeup collection actually dropping today. Um, there's like a, what dreams are made of eyeshadow palette. It's like purple, lilac, pink, a lot of glitter. Um, Great. The first kit is named after Lizzie and Miranda. And then the second is Gordo and Ethan. Um, and then there's <laughs> these like glitter gels. Um, and one is called Sing to Me Paolo, which I have <laughs> a deep cut. Um, and then good. a white opal with bright rainbow glitter called Get a Grip. Anyway, it's like a, a whole collection and um, have no idea where this came from. I, to be honest, probably won't be purchasing this, but <laughs> happy for ColourPop, I guess. And like other women who really like Lizzie McGuire who want like, a piece of it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I have so many questions about ColourPop in general. I used to be like really into makeup in, in college. Obviously, I'm not anymore. But like I definitely went through like the phase of like buying different palettes and different brushes and like all the stuff that you need. And like all I learned during that phase is that makeup is really expensive. <laughs> and so when I went on the ColourPop site to look at this, I feel like they're trending all the time because of the collabs that they do. They did an Animal Crossing collab. They did Animal that. Crossing makeup. Waiting. Sorry, I stole that from you. They have Baby Yoda. They have a Mandalorian palette. They have like Disney princess, like all this like really fun stuff that I would have been right. like really into if I was still really into makeup. But right. it's all like $12. So in right. my brain, I'm like, this can't be good makeup. Right. So can I ask the logistics of how they can collab with like Mulan? Like, I don't know. Did- is I guess that, they just have a partnership with Disney. I mean, like, that does seems, Disney allow? I don't know. I guess. I guess but, maybe Disney still owns Lizzie McGuire from like when they were going to do the Disney Plus reboot, and so yeah, they are selling yeah. all their properties to ColourPop. I guess I don't know. It's such a bigger deal when Kylie Cosmetics did it with the Grinch. Remember that? Oh but my this, God, I, I guess, ColourPop's been running circles around Kylie Cosmetics because they have every other entity basically. Well, right, I and know, I feel it. Like, go ahead. Oh no, I I know someone who somehow knows. Kylie tangentially, but like 
ColourPop is from the same, it's the same brand. Kylie Cosmetics is the same thing as ColourPop. Oh, Amelia, what would we do without you? (laughs) This is crucial info. But then, but even then the price difference is still so big. This is what I don't get. I'm like, why, why aren't they charging more? People would pay a lot of money for Sailor Moon and Baby Yoda and Animal Mm. Crossing makeup, even if it's crappy, which like it might be. I don't know. I, yeah. If you use ColourPop and it's good, please let me know because it's very <laughs> yeah. cheap and I would like yeah. to buy some then. Uh, <laughs> but I just, it seems like they could be charging more. It seems too good to be true is my take on ColourPop. Kate, don't true. tell them that. Then they'll raise <laughs> the prices and then no one can buy it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I uh, who knows? Okay, and then next <laughs> thing, this is more tailored towards me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, it has been 15 years since the premiere wow. of Hannah Montana this week, and I cannot believe it. And I, <laughs> you know, how what? do you my feel? Brother's, Just how do you feel about that? Fact. I feel really, really old. And you know, my brother is giving me shit recently because he was like, my girlfriend who's eighteen was also watching Hannah Montana, which means that I was eight years older watching Hannah Montana. But I thought I was right <laughs> in the age group that was watching it. But maybe I was older. Wait, than like the average viewer. His girlfriend's eighteen, and she was watching it, so she was yes, three like the- when it started. <laughs> I Maybe don't think a three-year-old was... Oh, okay, okay. Thank you for that because I was like, oh my God, was I like a weird high schooler like sitting <laughs> you must down have been watching, watching Hannah Montana? Like, like early Hannah Montana. She was watching late Hannah Montana. I watched <laughs> Hannah Montana up until the very last episode. I was shedding okay, tears. Okay, never mind then. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> anyway, okay. So it's been 15 years since that premiere and Miley Cyrus, who has really leaned into Hannah Montana, I think she's grown out of the like, I'm different than her. I'm going to be crazy. Now she's come <laughs> full circle and it's like, that was a good, important part of my life. Yes. Um, so she like penned this letter to Hannah Montana um, 15 years after the fact. Actually says a lot of sweet things. And I know people had some commentary on her handwriting, but the message was (laughs) sweet. It's like, although you are considered to be an alter ego, in reality, there was a time in my life when you held more of my identity in your glovette than I did in my bare hands. Anyway, I actually really liked it. Um, And then she talked about the incredible success of the show and what is that that has enabled her to Mm. do in the future, yada, yada. Um, Anyway, really, really sweet. And then she also sent a bunch of people Hannah Montana flowers. Um, So Corbin Blue got some. Jake Ryan from the show got some. She sent some to uh, Joe Jonas and (laughs) Sophie Turner. And there's that little (laughs) Easter egg because she was like, it's very sweet of you to name your daughter after me. So people think that like Willa, the or whoever this baby's name is like middle name is possibly Hannah. So keep out for that. And then she also sent them to Migos because I did not know this, but Migos has a song called Hannah Montana. It's about <laughs> drugs. Um, but yeah, anyway, cannot believe oh, it's been God. 15 years. Did you guys watch this? That's Am funny. I alone? Yeah, a little bit. But like, I also like the late seasons because as you know, I was not allowed to watch much television. But like I once did. I did have like my 45 minutes a day that I spent on the Disney Channel, I did watch some Hannah Montana. Oh my God. Amelia, what about you? Um, I think it was a little too young for me, but I mean, but it was such in the zeitgeist at the time mm. that it would, that a lot of it like permeated yeah. through. And yeah. like, of course you would catch, and I have a younger sister, so if I would catch it, you know, and it mm-hmm. was like, cute. Like some of the music <laughs> is actually really good. Uh, Miley Cyrus. too close in age. It was too young for me too. Okay. That's anyway, it's like how I found out Santa wasn't real. You're just um, late to everything, Liz. Late bloomer. <laughs> okay. Last one. Amelia, go ahead. Okay. I promise this will be really quick, but I, you know, I, I do what I can to needle uh, ways to talk about Survivor into this <laughs> podcast. So 
And I legit have a fun project for everyone listening who has been like, I've been watching Survivor. Um, and also it's nostalgic because it happened this. I'm referring to it on the seasons that happened uh, 2010 and years prior. OK, so again, I'm Pro- so happy. Proceed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that was my. Yeah. OK, so the goal is to enjoy season 20 heroes versus villains, which is the single greatest television se- season Ever, just like ever. I, I promise you this. Okay, so this will be really quick. And um, I just, okay, yes. <clears throat> if you don't want to watch all the seasons leading up to season 20, here are minimum amount of seasons that you should watch. Okay, you need I'm to watch- take notes. Okay, go ahead. Season seven, Pearl Islands, which is Wait. a great season. You meet Sandra, Rupert. This season also includes the Johnny Fairplay dead grandma moment, which if you've never heard of this, you're either really young or you don't like reality TV. And Liz, I know you recently watched Pearl Island. Yes. You loved An it. An iconic season. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. Take Liz's word. Season <laughs> eight, All-Stars. This is um, the first All-Star season where they bring back players. You'll meet Colby, Jerry, Boston, Rob, and Rupert also makes an appearance this season. Season 10, Palau. You honestly probably don't need to watch this season, but um, it's one of my personal favorites, so you should watch it. And you get to meet Tom and Stephanie. But again, it is not like needed to enjoy heroes versus villains. Okay, season 13, Cook Islands. This is the notorious season in which they separated players by race, but this was quickly abandoned, thankfully, and it just goes to show you why TV needs more diversity. Uh, This is the first appearance of Parvati and Candace, and you'll also meet Yule and Ozzy, who will both make more appearances, and they're both really uh, fan favorites. I just want to say that that's the season that I've seen. I watched it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, right. right. Guys, I'm part of this. I'm part of this. (laughs) Did you like it? I did like it, actually. Okay, see, there you go. And she doesn't like reality TV people. It's true. Uh, Okay. Um, Continue. Season 15, China. People really love this season because there are some really great characters. This is the one and only time they go to China. It's really beautiful. And what I like about Survivor is that when they were doing this, themes by locations. They really incorporated the culture. And in this season, you'll meet James and Amanda and Courtney, who is one of my favorites. She is so funny. Season 16, Micronesia slash fans versus favorites. This is another really fun season that pits returning players against new players, which is a really fun concept. And you get to see it play out. And it's just the gameplay is just superior. Um, Parvati, Sari, James and Amanda all appear on this season. They're also on Heroes versus Villains. And I guarantee you'll love the blindsides. And it's also just an iconic uh, feminist season of TV, honestly. okay. season 18, Token Sheens. I personally think this season is so underrated. Um, It's in my top five. You get to meet JT, Coach, and Tyson, all of whom are amazing characters, ranging from likable to insane to hilarious. And when I say Coach is one of the most iconic reality TV characters of all time, I totally mean it. You think Corinne from The Bachelor was funny? (laughs) Because honestly, her shtick is child's play compared to Coach. Yes, her Michael Jordan naps quote is iconic, but just imagine an entire season of those types of quotes coming from one person. That's Coach. And he did the fake famous person quote slash reference of a fact that probably didn't even happen nearly 10 years before Corinne. So that just shows you, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you don't need to watch it, but if you want, you can watch the season leading up to Heroes vs. Villains, which is season 19 Samoa. And as with Palau, again, you don't need to watch this. But it might be good just to really understand and appreciate the storyline going into season 20 with Russell Hans. Okay. And that is, those are the seasons you need to watch to enjoy 
season 20, Heroes versus Villains. Amelia, thank you for your work. I took notes <laughs> on that. We got, for those, I need a recap, it's 7, 8, 10, 13, 15, 16, 18, optional, 19. Thank you for <laughs> your service. Thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> okay, let's go Go on. Let's do relationship news, not worth the tea. And this week in social media, uh, <laughs> this category always is <laughs> just a mixed bag. Kate, start us off. All right, we got some relationship news uh, off the top here. Pete Davidson, back again. He's uh, back on his bullshit. Um, he is rumored to be dating Phoebe Dynover, who you may know as Bridgerton Girl. Uh, she starred as Lady Bridgerton in, uh, obviously, Bridgerton. <laughs> I'm going to stop saying Bridgerton. Uh, and, you know, there have been a lot of rumors in the past couple weeks about whether or not she's dating Pete Davidson. They seem to have been confirmed by an unexpected hero. Uh, 14-year-old Tilly Wag <laughs> was <laughs> traversing her town of Caverswell, Staffordshire. Uh, and she wow. saw a couple. And it was Pete Davidson and Phoebe Dynaver, according to Tilly. Uh, and she took a, took a picture with Pete Davidson. And, you know, she I know this because she took this picture. And then she went to every single UK media outlet that wow. she could talk oh, to. <laughs> wow. I respect Tilly's hustle. I really do. Uh, and she's been giving them the picture and she's been telling them all about her encounter. So Tilly's, Tilly's takeaway. Is a Tilly is Tilly, <laughs> Tilly's takeaways uh, uh, include the fact that they looked like they were in a relationship. They seemed happy together. They were holding hands, hugging, and seemed like they were a couple. Wow. And then she said, I hadn't seen anything written about Pete being in a relationship with Phoebe, but once I saw them together, I thought maybe they are. She also noted that uh, <laughs> she said he was quite tall and wearing a good outfit, which isn't normal around here. <laughs> Nice, Tilly. And his huh. face is very recognizable. So she says that she knew him from when he used to date Ariana Grande. And she said, it is amazing how he ends up dating all these famous women. But then he was really nice and talkative. So I guess she gets it. Oh. Tilly gets it. Oh, my God. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it seems as though Pete is staying with Phoebe, where I believe she's shooting a movie. Um, huh. Her family lives nearby. And it seems to be serious. I don't know. I guess rumors are that they met at the SNL after party uh, when her co-host hosted oh. SNL. Don't know. But Tea Time then had a very rousing uh, conversation about <laughs> Pete Davidson meeting women at the SNL after party and how it needs to stop. Uh, yeah. That seems to be like the the starter for many of Pete's relationships. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. It's like every new it girl like has to date Pete Davidson for a second. Yeah. I just don't mm -hmm. know why. I don't know why we've we've gotten here as a society. Um, but I hope they're happy. <laughs> so, I can't believe the yeah. Tilly piece of it. That is Tilly so is crushing it. She's yeah. <laughs> Icon. Oh my yeah. goodness. I know. All right, next one. Uh, what I guess this is a not worth the tea. Addison Ray released a new single called Obsessed because she is just dipping her toes into the music <laughs> world. Who knows what she'll do next? She's done acting. She's filming that movie. Now she's yeah. got the single. So who knows? Sky's the limit. Um, I passed this along to our tea time group chat. Kate, you might have been asleep. It was mostly an Amelia Kaya and I conversation. Um, it is in a word or two words, maybe not good. <laughs> But anyway, it sounds it sounds like the worst kind of Selena Gomez song. And I like some of Selena Gomez's songs, but yeah. it sounds exactly in the music video is exactly like um, a look at her now, which Amelia, how did you describe that? You're like, 
that um, it was mm, yeah the mm, 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 or whatever she does <laughs> the one where she says yeah. mm, a lot yeah and <laughs> but it had like big name like a lot of famous people produced it yeah the choreographer um has worked with like beyonce and coldplay and miley cyrus so she obviously wow. is pulling out the big guns through her management or whatever people want her to be a star um <sighs> But the song is not, it's just not so good. The lyrics, it's just like the like main part of it is like, you say you're obsessed with me. So I took a second and I said, me too. And the backstory of that, I guess, really happened with perhaps Bryce Hall. Um, and then, yeah, he said, I'm obsessed with you. And she said, me too. And then they started laughing because it sounds like she was obsessed with herself. Anyway, if uh. you needed to know that, that's the story. And I don't think I'll be tuning in to more um, her singles, but who knows? I, I honestly, the only reason why I clicked to play is because I love you so much, and I was like, "Sure, <laughs> fine, you. I'll do it." I'll and engage with you. this for Liz. Uh, but I, and I asked this question, and you, you see her dancing, and you're like, "She got famous from dancing. What is this like, Julianne Huff exorcism <laughs> dance style she's got going?" I'm so, not to me, me, and that's a deep tea time cut as well. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the Julianne Huff exorcism. Yeah, I don't know. Kate, did you watch it? I did not. I have to be honest with you. I was sleeping. And by the time I woke up, the conversation was had just passed. And I was like, I don't need to engage with this. Uh, So yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's that on that. Uh, Amelia. Um, You know, Chrissy Teigen, just a person, a nice person who, (laughs) sorry, I'm sorry. I don't even know what she is anymore. She was a model. Then she was someone who talked a lot on Twitter. And now she's doing cleaning products with Kris Jenner, which... Sure. Okay. Um, you know, she quit Twitter finally. And this, I think, is a long time coming because every it happens, you know, maybe once a month, maybe once every <laughs> two months where she'll say something that's kind of tone deaf and people call her out for it. And then she has to be like, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm just really emotional right now, which it's like, okay, yeah, me too. We're all emotional. So like, just, okay. So she decided to quit, which I honestly think is a good move because it really seems like it was putting a lot of stress on her Mm -hmm. mental health. So Mm -hmm. if you try to go to her uh, Twitter, she's no longer there. Everybody should get off Twitter. I've been saying this. You know what I mean? Just everybody should just perhaps delete and rethink. (laughs) Just look Uh, inward. It's true. Rip. Um, okay. And then next, <laughs> we always muscle our way through this category somehow. Um, next, this is actually good news, and I do want to talk about this. Last week, we talked about the, or two weeks ago? It was last Except? week. Last week. Wow. Um, last <laughs> week. <laughs> anyway, last week, we talked about the Dolly Parton slash Jenny's ice cream um, collab, much more exciting than the Lizzie McGuire collab. And we were making predictions on what the title would be, what the flavors would be. Uh, we were all wrong, including. <laughs> A lot of your guys' amazing ideas, which um, you sent in, nobody was right. Turns out it's strawberry pretzel pie, and everyone at Tea Time was so lucky, and Jenny sent us the ice cream. It is so freaking good. (laughs) It is so good. I ate nearly half the carton last night, but it's uh, available April 8th, so go buy it then. It's free advertisement. Um, (laughs) And yeah, the flavor was not what we expected, but the carton is really cute. It's like, you know, pink and dollies on it. And it's like, just, it's like a nice time. And it's- What more do you want? Maybe a pun. We did want a pun, but it's, you know, it's ice cream. We wanted praline, praline. But yeah, anyway, uh, (laughs) ice cream. Um, So yeah, thank you, Jenny's. Anyway, last one. Um, Yes. And also just got news that Emma Stone gave birth to a first child. Oh, 
breaking news in the middle of tea time. Wow, guys, imagine if we had finished this recording and gone on Twitter and seen this, we would have been pissed. Yeah. There you go. So Amelia, happy thank you. for her. Hey, anytime. And now um, to descend into chaos. So I apologize. Um, <laughs> just a quick little mass singer update. Um, you know, we sorry, had- Emma Stone. This is the <laughs> sorry, important yeah, stuff. I know this. It takes precedence, <laughs> Emma. Okay. Oh my God. <sighs> um, Joel McHale is a guest judge again. They always give him. Um, you know, he's been making the rounds. He was on Lisa Vanderpump's Oversert, which okay. No. Um, yeah, it really solidifies his. Um, status on the C list. Uh, okay. Sorry. No, actually I really like him. I'm sorry. That was really mean. I'm like trying to be a better person, but then I just like, I don't know. Okay. Um, sorry. I'm using tea time as my own personal therapy. Okay. Wow. So <laughs> the three Russian dolls. Okay. They, it, okay. You know how there was like two? Well, a, yes. a freaking third one came out. And wow. so it's wow. definitely Hanson. It's definitely Hanson. Um, I have no idea who Robopine is, but he has a good voice. Nicole mentioned how it was the first time she's cried on season five. So that's That exciting. surprises <laughs> me. Oh, you mean this season specifically? Yes, yes just season okay. five. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, don't okay. don't you worry. She's she's cried before. Um, Seashell also has a good voice. I have no idea who Seashell is. Okay, then they introduced Orca, who is an Orca, with a giant head that descends into an Orca body off of his back. It's... It's really intense, but it's actually a beautiful blue color. Oh, if you look it up. Yeah. Lovely. And people are saying that it's Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Um, so, okay. But then again, a lot of people are saying that it's also Rami Malik and Adam Sandler. And oh, it's like, come on. Do you watch the show? <laughs> do you know what you're watching? They're not going to be on, but okay. No. So, yeah. And then the raccoon uh, came on and he just like, it's so obvious who it was from the beginning because he has a very distinct voice and cannot sing. It was Danny Trejo. So, um, oh. yeah, but they all <laughs> guessed like Tony Danza. And I was just like, that's not what Tony Danza said. It's clearly Danny Trejo. Okay, so whatever, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. He's a nice guy, so I have nothing against him. So I love that we were tasked with talking about pop culture news like Emma Stone's pregnancy and birth. <laughs> and no. instead, we, <laughs> we're no, going to talk you. about the mass Singer. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. 
See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. We'll stay tuned for next week um, and their important updates. Okay, (laughs) let's go to cringe mode. We got some suggestions for this movie. Also, uh, it is March Madness, people. And last (laughs) week, we did 17 again, basketball movie. This week, we're doing John Tucker Must Die, also in some ways a basketball movie. So happy March Madness to everyone. Um, Kate, let's take us through the plot of John Tucker Must Die. Oh, every week I just banish the fact that I have to do this for my brain (laughs) and I do no prep. Um, Okay, John Tucker Must Die is about John Tucker, who's an asshole who's dating multiple girls at the same time in his high school from different cliques because then they don't talk to each other and they don't know that he's dating all of them. Uh, Brittany Snow is new at the school and she works at this restaurant and she sees John Tucker bringing these girls on his different dates. So she knows that he's dating all of them. So they all find out about each other. Brittany Snow is like, let's get revenge on this asshole guy. So basically they end up like basically grooming Brittany Snow so that she will date John Tucker, break his heart. (laughs) She kind of falls for him a little bit because she's weak. Uh, (laughs) And and then like they, you know, go to like out him or whatever as a huge asshole. She feels bad. She confesses. They all confess. He kind of gets what's coming. They all feel bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's uh, it's not a very good movie. It's okay. It's not very good. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Let's do the highlights. Let's focus on the good. This is a real cringy choice this week, I would say, which is good. It's the point of this category, technically. Yeah. Okay. Highlights, Kate. Highlights. I remember seeing trailers for this movie in 2006. I was not old enough to see it. I was 11 at the time. And being like, wow, like that's a grown up movie that I want to see. You know, Mm -hmm. like I saw, you know, it was like all the like kind of hit actresses of the time, which we'll go through and will be embarrassing now. Um, And I just was like, they looked so cool and like old. I was like, wow, high school seems really cool. Uh, And the name John Tucker Must Die. Iconic title. Uh, They could have gone with like the cheater or like, you know, something else dumb and generic. But John Tucker Must Die. It's the best Amazing. thing about this movie. <laughs> agreed. It really is. Totally agreed. I also like the general premise, you know, although there is a lot of women on women bashing, which we'll get into, um, eventually they band together to take down a shit man. And in general, I think that's not only timeless, but just internally what I want to watch. So it's yeah, a good overall premise, even though, you know, not executed. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Also, I have to say on the same note, I just looked it up on IMDb and I saw the, uh, the poster for this movie. And yes. it's a girl in her underwear and like a tank top and the tank top says don't get mad get even and then the title of the movie is like a tramp stamp tattoo (laughs) nice uh which at the time i probably would have been like wow that's in poor taste but actually now i think i circled all the way back around to being iconic (laughs) (laughs) all things it's pretty good it's pretty good it's pretty good yeah um what else what's another highlight kate uh highlight for me you know you could any high school movie you have like you know it's supposed to be different cliques different kinds of girls you get kind of you know usually it's the the girl who plays sports and the cheerleader and the nerdy girl i kind of liked that they switched up the tropes a little bit in this movie uh we had mm. uh sophia bush was um kind of like a hippie kind of girl who wants to save the universe she's like a vegan uh ashanti was the cheerleader 
Um, Ariel Kevel, which is which was my highlight, is uh kind of like the media nerd. She mm-hmm. like <laughs> was like the journalist with like That's the, funny. the camera like filming the basketball game, and she was in like this plays like she had um kind of like a media lab, which is what we had in my high school that I spent yeah. a lot of time in, uh, where she had like you know the all the computers around her and like the radio stuff, and I was like, wow, that's like the specific embarrassing nerd that I was. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, and then like Penn Badgley too plays like this kind of nerdy but also kind of uh stoner kind of guy, which I'm like that is an intersection that is not uh usually represented in film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, just like the kind of the different the representation of like the different kinds of clicks. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, agreed. Uh what else, Amelia? You know, I'm sorry, but I have to mention it. Uh I forgot my Queen Jenny was in this. <laughs> and honestly, you know what? It was a cameo row, but um, she did great. And I think this just proves we need to hire her for more things. Can That's you Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, for, I was those just who, say, for those who <laughs> don't are on a first name basis sorry. with Jenny, like Amelia. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, let's do some low lights because it directly ties into what Kate was just saying, which is like the nerd <laughs> representation, which I do agree with mostly. However, the whole movie hinges on Brittany Snow <laughs> being a wallflower. Oh, no one notices me. She talks like, oh, who, me? Like the whole movie. And obviously, Brittany Snow is not going to be a wallflower. Nobody knows. Everyone passes you by in the hallway. Everyone is like, oh, who is that? You know, no one notices in the class. No, Brittany Snow is not. Is obviously not that person. Yeah. Um, she's like, you know, the nerd that like meta she metaphorically took her glasses off and John Tucker was like, <laughs> oh my God, you're the woman I want. Um, so it's just like a little bit uh hard to extend my imagination in that way. She mm. like they said she listens to obscure podcasts, which in 2006 <laughs> is actually funny and very maybe a obscure. Cool yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I had to extend my disbelief just a little too much. I didn't yeah. really buy it. And like, even at the beginning, when she's like talking to the other girls, the other girls are like, "Who the fuck are you? Like, are you a narc?" <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she looks like a blonde cheerleader. This <laughs> right. literally entire movie. I don't know what right. what the right. problem is here. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, um, and then also on the other side. You have Ben Padgley, who I'm pretty sure everyone in this movie just watched 10 Things I Hate About You once. And they're like, how about we just do Heath Ledger just a little bit different? He has his exact same hair in 10 Things I Hate About You. He's like off in the corner and kind of, he doesn't like light things on fire. He's not as freaky, but he's basically the same person. And his intro to the movie is him singing, I want you to want me, which is like the 10 Things Come I on. Hate About You song. Just like, really- what are we doing? It, it cannot be Heath Ledger. Like, I don't get that. I don't get that. But they saw it and they're like, this is a successful male <laughs> sidekick. So we're going to do it again. Play it back. Um, okay. <laughs> lastly, oh, sorry. God, I had a lot of thoughts. Good. No, that was perfect. Um, okay. Lastly, there is, this is such a throwaway comment. However, there is a beach scene um, in the middle of the movie. There's like a bonfire situation. It's at sunset. And wherever in the valley these people shot this movie, they had a green screen of this sunset. And you all should watch it back. It's too too deep of a cut to like remember offhand. But it looks like they're on an alien planet <laughs> in a Star Wars movie because the sky is purple and green and, yeah, and pink and red. And like very clearly, it just looks like something chemical blew up in the background and like John Tucker and Brittany Snow are just chatting through it. Anyway, I looked it up and it, they shot it in broad daylight and it was like a green. Oh. So that's why it looks so insane. But anyway, watch it back and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Um, okay, anyway, I'm going to give it to Kate now. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of lowlights, you guys. It's been a while since we've had one that's been this heavy on lowlights. Um, I want to say, after said bonfire scene, uh, it's mm. Brittany Snow. What's Brittany Snow's character's name? Uh, Kate. Amelia. Oh, it is oh. Kate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and actually, they say Kate so many times in this movie, I was like a little bit triggered. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to call her Brittany Snow. So Brittany Snow uh, goes on a date with John Tucker uh, to this bonfire. And afterwards, she's in his Jeep. And, you know, the girl, the other girls who want to get revenge are like monitoring all their dates, which mm. is creepy. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> they have to get the whole ensemble involved. So Sophia Bush gets in the car with her and she's like, OK, like, what's the move? Like, you got to like, you're going to kiss him. You're going to like keep him wanting mm. more. And Brittany Snow's like, never kiss anyone. Don't know what I'm doing. So shamelessly, this movie's like, well, obviously, Sophia Bush is going to have to kiss her to like show her what to do. <laughs> also, this movie is very slut shaming towards Sophia Bush's character, which I did not appreciate. Yes. Um, but it's just they they like make out for a second in the car. It's shameless. It's male gazy. And mm, I'm just like, you're, so you bad. are not the cruel intentions that you think you are. Yeah. You cannot shoehorn this kiss into a movie for absolutely no reason with no buildup, no payoff whatsoever. Well, so sexual, like not in a crazy overt way, but I was just, as I watched that, I had that exact same thought. I was like, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. This, this, I was just this. like, this isn't for me. And yeah. I, you know, I just, yeah. I just did not need it. Um, so yeah, that was shameless <laughs> and I will not be addressing it further. Uh, my other low light is that this movie is just not very funny. It's just not. It has all these jokes, all these ways where like they try to embarrass John Tucker. We'll get into some of these and uh, what aged the best and worst. But like the actresses, which we'll also get into, they just don't pull it off. It just like they have these jokes and they have these back and forth and like their friendship comes out of nowhere. And like you're like, when did these girls become friends? Why did it happen? What are they doing? Uh, and the jokes just don't pay off for me. They just, it just did not laugh. I didn't. And I know we just came from 17 again, where we were like, this movie is funny. I want to reiterate <laughs> 17 again. The laughs paid off. Comedic actors crushed it. Yeah. This movie, no, didn't, yeah. didn't work for me. Well, I, I totally agree. And I feel like it, like some of the lines I felt like could have been funnier or, you know, slightly funny had the actors actually been pulling the lines off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I don't I really don't blame like Shanti, like she's a singer, so I get it. Right. And Sophia Bush was on a WB show, so I get it. You know, like not <laughs> the highest caliber of acting, Um, but it just I don't know. They didn't do like more than one take. It seems like it's just, mm. you know, maybe yeah. direct director. I don't know. <laughs> um, I saw it, guys. You guys always uh, you guys always question this. But when you watch on Amazon Prime, they have the Amazon X-ray thing that comes up with trivia on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and I only really saw like one thing, but the very first, the very first trivia that came up uh, was that the director couldn't remember the actors' names, so she called them by their characters' names the whole time. Oh. And if she couldn't remember their characters' names, she just called them like person. No, so, what? yeah, yeah. So you're right. Maybe uh. we can blame the director. <laughs> What? Yeah. I wasn't horrible. gonna include that because I was like, this doesn't really like fit in. But since you blame the director, I think that we can maybe fully oh, 100%. blame hundred percent. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my that's god, really that's funny. that's Tough. really that's Tough. bad. Oh my god. Um yes. Well, and on that note, I honestly I'd forgotten what a dud this movie is. And I realized when I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why no one ever talks about this movie anymore, because it sucks. It's not good. Um, sorry to anyone. It's, it seems like a lot of you listening like it or wanted to watch it. And, sorry. you know, I, I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to be honest here, you know. And it tried mm -hmm. to do a character takedown like we were talking about, like a la Mean Girls when they did it with um, mm -hmm. Regina 
George, but Mm -hmm. they didn't like it takes them well into this movie to figure out to use Britney Snow as a way to get back as John Tucker. It literally takes them halfway through the movie. And it's just it's like, a weirdly paced What are movie. we doing? Yeah. It's weirdly like, paced. It, mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it like really moves really fast at the beginning and then it really drags in the middle. And then the yes. end is like, it's just very strange. Agreed. Agreed. All right, mm-hmm. let's do what has aged the best and the worst. Uh, Amelia, go ahead. Again, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a better person this year. And then, you know what? I, <laughs> Tea was, time is exempt. It's for okay, content. Thank you. Yeah. And you know what? Watching this movie, I was like, this is just being, I'm being honest. Uh, what's <laughs> aged the worst is Jesse Metcalf's career. Oh my God. Um, You know, he had a moment in the mid 2000s as like the hot guy starting mm-hmm. on Desperate Housewives, which was a huge phenomenon in 2004. But interestingly, I looked at his Wikipedia and it took him, two years after his debut in Desperate Housewives to make a movie, which is this film. This is apparently Hmm. his first movie. And it's just like, Hmm. I don't know if there was something going on with his, you know, agent or I don't know. But it's just like, you would think you would want to capitalize on the hot guy thing. Not two years later. I mean, it's just kind of sad how his career really fizzled out. And now it says that he's he stars in, quote, this is a quote from Wikipedia, Hallmark Channel's hit series, Chesapeake Shores. And it's like, Hallmark's huh. hit series? That sounds yeah. like an oxymoron. Sorry, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb and it's a lot of a Martha's Vineyard mystery TV movie <laughs> riddled with deceit. Like, it's those kind of roles, which yeah. is fine. But yeah, yeah, we thought he'd maybe blow up. Just, I mean, like, Zac Ef- be a Zac Efron type. Right, exactly, yeah. Perhaps not. Kate, what do you have for what is age the worst? I mean, similarly, it's the career of these four girls. Uh, <laughs> it just has tanked. Um, Sad. I mean, just watching this, it's just like, wow, what happened to you? For example, Ariel Kebble, I recognized from The Vampire Diaries when I watched that. Oh. Uh, she was on that. She was on 90210. She's just like one of those people you like see in little roles and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashanti, obviously, you know, did okay, but like is not, I would say, thriving career-wise. Yeah, what is she um, doing now? Not sure. Uh, Sophia Bush at least had like, you know, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, like not out there crushing it. Really, and Brittany Snow had Pitch Perfect, but like it was not the lead, was not... You yeah, know. at least she had that though. That at least was yeah. true. She's probably of those girls probably doing the best. And really yeah. the MVP right now of this movie is Penn Badgley. Uh yeah. So Wow. You wouldn't say him. Jenny? Or <laughs> no. <laughs> you. No, I wouldn't say Jenny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what though. else has aged the worst, Kate? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we're aged the worst. Really, a lot of things about this movie did yes. not age well. It's very unethical, uh, as movies go. Um, because obviously, you know, they're doing everything they can to ruin this guy's image and ruin his life. Right. Uh, And of all of the unethical things that they do, they put estrogen in his drink, in his like sports mix drink. And like that as a whole, like unethical, don't do it, of course. Um, but what I really did not love was what they showed as like the symptoms of him having estrogen in this movie. Uh, which, like, I think it's pretty well known that, like, hormones affect you in certain ways. Like, they could have given him hormonal acne and, like, that could have been <laughs> Ooh, their plan. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah, that would have been personal worse. experience. Like, that's a <laughs> good side effect. Um, but they, like, make him into, like, a girl. Like, like acting like a girl. Like, he's in the basketball game and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, you ran into me. And he's like, hey, and he starts crying. I'm like, okay, this isn't how yeah. science works yeah. at all. Uh, right. And just, like, hor- just don't mess with that. That didn't need to be part of the movie. Very stereotypical. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is like very Mean Girls ripoff. They also like he wears a thong, and then like all the guys <laughs> yeah. at the school start wearing thongs, and I'm like, this is literally Mean Girls when they <laughs> cut holes in their shirt. Like <laughs> yeah. we right. have seen this movie. Um, right. so yeah, just didn't, yeah. didn't age great. There's also a lot of girl on girl bashing, which they eventually team up, but also through the entire thing, they are making fun of each other's like stare, like basically what their stereotype is. They, like Kate said, slut shame um, Sophia Bush throughout this entire thing. And also yeah. like her kind of stupidity kind of, and like, mm-hmm. yes, what like oblivion. And then, yeah, there's just a lot of bashing of each other, um, which is just like, you know, we should be focusing on John Tucker and they all kind of, always turn on each other, even though they're working for the same goal. Um, but this begs the eternal question. They're In the beginning of the movie, they are beating the shit out of each other um, in PE class in volleyball, I think. All the girls yes. are. Because they all find out that they're all dating John Tucker. And then they all start like physically fighting. And then Brittany Snow asks, this guy is cheating on all of you, but instead of taking it out on him, you're beating the shit out of each other? Which I think, still happens a lot, you know? Like, the men don't get blamed enough for infidelity, for playing people. It's, you know, sometimes it's more easy to turn on the women, which we should not do. We should hold the men accountable. Yes. Anyway, let's do MVP. Kate. Uh, My MVP of this movie is Taylor Kish, who is in this movie for 10 seconds. (laughs) He is the guy next door. Brittany Snow and her mom, Jenny McCarthy, move into this neighborhood. He's next door. It's the introduction to Jenny McCarthy, who is like the hot mom. Uh, he knocks at the door. He's like, got a plate of food. Brittany Snow's like, oh my God, you're hot. And then he looks past <laughs> her, sees Jenny McCarthy, takes the food back, gives it to Jenny McCarthy and is like, wow, you're so hot. And that's it. And then the next year he went on to star in Friday Night Lights. Wow. Uh, wow. And yeah, it was, I was like, wow, Taylor <laughs> Kish is in this. And then he never came back. And I was like, oh, that's. I don't even remember him. I guess yeah. why I didn't know he was in this. <laughs> there yeah. you go. My MVP is going to um, Brittany Snow's painted on abs. And let me just say, she obviously has an incredible body and obviously has abs. But what this movie did, there is a scene where she's trying to seduce John Tucker. Little She puts on a lingerie um, situation. And again, she has an incredible body. I'm not saying that. However, the makeup department, I believe, this is my belief, painted on a six pack on her watch it back you won't be able to unsee it just like the beach sunset it it has curvature that doesn't that just <laughs> that just doesn't make sense people we have to ask the hard hitting questions someone paints it out absolutely right uh, right you are right it, you are right first of all it, it's like someone took a stencil that was for a man and put it on a woman. Yeah, like, exactly. Which like, again, like abs come in all shapes oh, and sizes, God. but like I'm looking at it right now and it's the stencil does not fit her body. It's like not right, where her yeah. abs would be. Right. So and that's a problem. And then two, it's like, it's not even like it's shading. Like, you know, in Twilight, the second movie or Edwards <laughs> and like people were like, oh, his abs were like shaded in where they like kind of emphasize, like contoured them. This is not contouring. This is literally like they took a brown paintbrush and, yes. and painted on. Yes. And like, again, I just don't understand why she has abs. She didn't need it. Yeah. yeah she looks yeah. great. It's so unnecessary. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. I have it up right here. It's, am- yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. So that's my MVP. Amelia, <laughs> who's yours? <laughs> that was amazing. Um, you know who I'm going to give it to. Yeah. Uh, 
My girl, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy is the hot mom who gives oh. advice she doesn't follow. Um, You know what? Apparently she was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Supporting Actress. Oh. But which, okay. In which is movie? really rude. Yes, because I actually thought she was good in this movie. And you know what? Everyone is starting oh to realize and acknowledge that the Razzies are pretty sexist and stupid. So, oh. last laugh. Because, uh, you it's know, true. Jenny is thriving on The Masked Singer. And, yes. um... <laughs> You know, uh, hire her. Yeah. Thank sure. you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do the lightning round. Um, I'll, let's just go through them. But best person you forgot slash didn't know was in this, Kate. Uh, we, I mean, we've done it to death. I created this question so we could talk about Jenny McCarthy and then no, Amelia obviously took that right away. I literally just laugh every time I see Jenny McCarthy now. Amelia has like <laughs> completely affected uh, anything. And I did not know she was in this. There were a lot of people I didn't know were in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I literally laughed out loud when the camera panned and it was Jenny McCarthy. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so good. Yeah. The Amelia, icon. who's your guess? I mean, hmm. it's Jenny. I totally, I too <laughs> forgot she was in this. I was like, yeah. oh my God. see, hire her. Oh, yeah. Danny. I did a boring answer. I did Penn Badgley. Um, well, okay. One. Which outfit triggered you the most? Amelia? This is so important. Um, okay. The Britney, Britney Snow's Hollister Henley at the beginning. Cause it's just, if you grew up, obviously at a certain time, you knew all the little logos, you knew like the little mm -hmm. Lacoste, um, alligator, you knew the Abercrombie and Fitch little moose and you mm -hmm. know, the Hollister little seagull. And it was just like, <laughs> Oh, the seagull. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. Kate, who's your pick? Or what's I had pick? a physical reaction uh, to Ariel Kevill's short-sleeved orange polo. Mm. I remember specifically in middle school, I was doing like some sort of like presentation or something. And I was like, I need a really cool new outfit yes. that I'm going to wear so that I like blow people away. And I yeah. got this fucking orange polo, this like light orange creamsicle color tight like yes. polo and that was yeah. so in in like for yes. like a one year period yes uh, and i saw her wearing it and i was like oh my god it just all came back to me i don't know why Every why were they so tight why did we pull them down so, so far i don't, I don't know. know i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> yeah there's a lot also there's a lot of um like crop tops are like kind of tankini length or <laughs> yeah. like ashanti wears like a lot of just actual crop tops but then they pair them with low rise jeans, which right. means it's a perfect opportunity for the gut to spill out if you have one. <laughs> and I, not to get dark, but this is genuinely still the reason I have body dysmorphia was we all grew I mean, up in this time. And like- Traumatic for an entire generation. Oh Truly. my God. Yeah. yeah tough. Just dark. Very tough. Oh all right, let's put this uh, to bed. Let's move on to the next category and the last category, which is tea times unanswerable questions. Kate, go ahead. Guys, it's a good it's a good group this week. Amelia was the only one who had one about 10 minutes before this podcast started. <laughs> and then we added two and they're good. Uh, my unanswerable question is, what will it take for the world to give Lil Nas X another hit, which he deserves? Uh, he has a new song out today, which is great news. Um, and it's called Montero, parentheses, call me by your name. Uh, <laughs> many, uh, many layers to this. First of all, his name is Montero. That's his real name. Um, oh. Call me by your name. Obviously, like an iconic gay uh, piece of media that he's mm -hmm. now reclaiming, which I appreciate because it's been a little problematic since the Army Hammer stuff. But right. he's making it good again. And he released it as, he said, a song for 14-year-old him. Um, and he wrote mm. a letter to himself just about, you know, he never thought he would come out. He never thought that, like, they would be, quote, that type of gay person. Um, but he's pushing an agenda so that people will let people be themselves, et cetera. 
the video, first of all, the song is great. Super catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video is so over the top. It is like Lil Nas X in like a oh, Garden of it. Eden, like kind of <laughs> like a Greek trippy paradise. Uh, he does a lot of things. He uh, rides a stripper pole down into hell where then yes. he gives he gives Satan a lap dance. A um, lot of really great looks, really great dancing. Uh, he looks incredible and it's just super gay, super over the top. And I just love it. I'm like, this has to be, this needs to be like his WAP. You know, like he had Ooh, yeah. the crazy viral, like Old Town Road, whatever. That was fine. But like now that like he's like really being himself, like people really know. I just like really want him to get another hit. Yeah, me, me too. He deserves it. And also, I forgot I wanted to add this. He, uh, he, as we know, he's also one of the best people online ever. He's just incredible yes. at being online. So he's been tweeting a lot today. Um, and he said, LMAO, love this man. And quote, uh, tweeted a picture of his dad's text uh, about the video, which, you know, I mean, sometimes parents aren't always supportive of of gay children, et cetera. I would never, I don't even like when my parents listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> and his dad tweeted and said, very creative video. I got through it. Uh, laughing face. Congratulations. Live life on your terms. Very proud of you. Strong oh, arm emojis. I know. Cute. I was like, oh. That's sweet. So I just love him. Rooting for him. Stream, yeah. Uh, yeah. stream his song. <laughs> Good song. Agreed. Uh, Amelia, what's your question? Okay, so recently, um, Jack Dorsey, the creator of Twitter, his first ever published tweet, or just, I guess, the first ever published tweet, he sold it as an NFT, which are also being called nifties, I guess, but it stands for, and I might get this wrong, so I apologize, non-fungible token, um, which is pretty much like a Bitcoin And um, he sold it for $2.9 million. Oh, my. Which is insane. So people have been selling their most popular tweets. And what it is is like, I guess, for money that to buy these NFTs, um, you get like a digital autograph. And I guess it gets you get to say that you own this piece of content, you know, whether it be a tweet, sometimes it's like a video or other like uh, online art or digital art, I guess. It doesn't make any sense. I see I'm trying <laughs> to explain it and I'm I, I still don't understand. Yeah, it's very confusing. How did you uh, try to take part in this phenomenon? This oh, week? yes. So I thought so Alyssa Bereznak, um, staff writer at The Ringer, great person. She was like, oh, my God, because I was like, oh, maybe I'll sell my Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts tweet. Why not? Hell I mean, yeah. like, I want to make money. Are you kidding me? Yeah, of course. I don't need this thing, you know. And she was like, well, you can go to Scent, which is I guess it sets up where you can sell it through this Scent account or whatever. It's like so, people bid on it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they put in offers and I you know, foolishly thought, wow, I'm going to be like a millionaire by the end of the day. <laughs> no, that I think it is worth millions. I wish, but it's worth like pennies. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's OK. It's fine. I I feel, you know, stupid, but um, I gave it my all. You know what? It wouldn't uh, I, I would have rather seen that it's worth nothing than like always thought about it. You know? Yeah. Also, Amelia, who knows? Maybe someone listening is like, oh, my God, I need it now. And then yeah, they'll go buy it. That's you know? true. You never Thank know you. What could happen. That's yeah. true. Um, but my question is, if you guys could buy one digital item, any digital item, what would it be? 
This is such a difficult question. I've been thinking about it quite yeah. a bit. Okay. But like yes, it's love too this. big for me to like really think of like what I would really want. So then I was yeah. like Twitterverse memes. Like what memes yes. would I want to buy? And the first one I thought of, which is a favorite of the Tea Time group chat, uh, <laughs> is the Billy Ray Cyrus tweet. Much <laughs> to think about. <laughs> where he tweeted a picture of himself where he's oh, like God. thinking and it just says much to think oh, about. That's and like a just, good one. That is a good I one. I just feel like digital ownership of that would just like really complete us as a podcast. That's true. Oh my God. That's true. That's good. Yeah. Oh, there are others really like good. I was like, you know, maybe I should buy all the sad cat memes. I use those a lot. Like maybe Ooh. I want like digital ownership of like the crying cat memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal favorite. I also really like the Elmo gif where he has fire behind him. Where it's like <laughs> an Elmo cake and he's like, ah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was like, I don't, I don't know. It, the internet is too big. There are too many things. It is too big. Yeah. Wow. Amelia, I want someone to buy that tweet. So I hope Thank someone you. does listening to it. <laughs> okay, lastly, and then we're done. Um, this I didn't want to talk about, but <laughs> made me. Um, my question is, would you rather wear your partner's blood on a chain, like <laughs> Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton, or wear gold-plated wisdom teeth like Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Peltz. Because this week, as it turns out, turns out Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Peltz are uh, gold-plated their teeth and now wear each other's teeth as necklaces. And we had a big, long discussion about it. Um, So which would you guys rather? I thought the answer was obvious, uh, but Amelia and Kaya, I think, also did not think the answer was obvious. Uh, You got to go with the teeth. Right? No, all of us picked blood. <laughs> Why? Just teeth. Why would you choose the blood? Just teeth you are could, just gross. Teeth are weird, there's man. There's gold around it, at least. Okay, well, yeah. yeah the but blood is rotting on the inside. <laughs> well, you would assume that the vial is locked in some way. Unless you break it, I guess, like if it's a glass vial. So, like, you're sitting in a meeting. You're sitting in a meeting. You lean forward and, like, your necklace swings <laughs> out of your, <laughs> swings out of your blood, your, you know, blouse. Your- would you rather it be a gold thing that looks like a tooth or a literal vial of blood that now you're showing all of your coworkers it's sloshing around in there? God. Well, unless you have any open wounds, it's not that dangerous. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about infecting yourself with rotten blood. I just uh, uh, mean uh, having uh, it uh, out. You want people to watch know, blood know, sloshing around? Also, my question with Ooh. this was like, why do they just have their teeth? You know, like why oh, yeah. that did they get weird. their did they get their wisdom teeth removed to do this? Did oh. they get their partner wisdom teeth removal? Or like did they both just have their wisdom teeth? I don't know. I don't know. But either way, it's very serial killery because we've it already is. seen like Dexter does the blood <laughs> vials and then in what's that one Amy Adams HBO show where the girl collects oh, sharp, the teeth? sharp objects. Yeah. yeah. So, they're, yeah. so they're both creepy. They're yeah. both creepy. <laughs> it's a no for Maybe both of them. Maybe there's no right answer. Yeah. It's the if teeth. You, you got to go with the teeth. So mm-hmm. gross. Okay, that's it. We're closing <laughs> this chapter on Tea Time. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you all. Um, and thank you, Erica, for subbing in Kaya's out today. So God bless you, Erica. Yes. Um, I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.